Welcome to First Reading, the Old Testament lectionary podcast for preachers, teachers, and all traveling preachers. I'm Rachel Wren. And I'm Tim McNinch. Are you a traveling preacher? I don't know. It's just feeling, feeling that way. All right. Well, happy fall, everybody. The weather might be cool, but we're bringing you some hot tips on preaching the Old Testament <laughs> for these lovely autumn days. This week, we're going to be talking about Exodus 33, 12 to 23. And Rachel's up for bringing some wisdom on this text. Where do you want to start out, Rachel? Well, to be honest, chapter 33 is somewhat of a confusing chapter to tackle in a sermon or even just in a Bible study. Um, I think a little bit of literary context might help us, though. So what this chapter is doing is still chronicling the aftermath of the golden calf incident that you really wrestled with last week, Tim. And if you take that the whole chapter of chapter 33 into account, it's kind of a twitchy, jumpy section of text that sort of bops back and forth between speakers in a way that at times seems really confusing. And I think it's because it's continuing to chronicle the aftermath of the golden calf incident. Mm. Um, so, so to demonstrate kind of what I mean, um, you, Tim, and, and you, our dear listeners, I want you to think about the last big fight you had with one of your core people, like one of the people who is closest to your heart and your body and your life. Uh, so, Tim, can you remember that? I never fight with anyone. No, of course not. <laughs> okay. Okay, I got it. So when the fight was was finally sort of over and you were starting to pick the pieces back up together, did that picking the pieces back up come smoothly or did stuff sort of come back in fits and starts? Mm, I see what you mean. Yeah, it sort of takes a little while to put things back together. Yeah, absolutely. It's It's not easy to pick up the pieces after a big fight. Everybody's sort of on shaky ground because nobody's really sure what ground you're actually standing on, what this new territory looks like, what's going to be the same, what's going to be different. And that's where chapter 33 starts for the day. God, Moses, and the people are figuring out how to pick up the pieces together. And I actually want to draw your attention to something that happens before our assigned lectionary text for today. I thought you might go there. Yeah, surprise, surprise. So I know, I know, but go with me on this one, because I actually think that this beginning part of the chapter is really key to understanding and even preaching the rest of the text. So chapter 33 starts in verse one with a really familiar word. I mean, so it starts with, you know, by the bar Adonai el Moshe, which means, and the Lord said to Moses, but what God says is a really significant word. And it's a word that's really easy to miss. It's the word go. So, so Tim, what's that word in Hebrew? Lech. Very good. <laughs> it's a fun one to say. And, and who else has God spoken that word to? Well, the famous one is to Abram and Sarai. Lech lecha. Very good. Exactly. It's a really famous word. In fact, it's the name of the chapter in um, Hebrew. Lech lecha. Uh, go from here or something along those lines. Something like get and, thee gone. Yeah, get thee gone. That's a great <laughs> way to say it. And there seems to be echoes of that call moment, God's call to Abraham that are resonating in this text. Uh, the rest of the verse even contains more echoes because God tells Moses to go to the Eretz, which is the land 
Specifically, God says, the land that I swore to give to Abraham. Abraham. Mm-hmm. Exactly. A land zavat a land flowing with milk and honey. So as they begin to pick the pieces back up, the first piece that gets picked back up in this relationship is that very foundational covenantal piece. God is reaffirming that the covenant made with Abraham to give this land to Abraham and Sarah's descendants is still intact. God will not abandon that part of the agreement. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. So far, so good. But then we get to verse three and there God says something scary. God says, go to this land, but I'm not going with you. And this, of course, was another piece of a Genesis covenant, but not actually the one God made to Abraham. Do you remember who God made that promise to, to be with them? I remember we talked about uh, Jacob at Bethel, and God made the promise, wherever you go, I will go with you. Exactly. Jacob is running scared, fearing for his life, (laughs) terrified of his brother, and God appears to him in a vision with angels ascending and descending upon a ladder or a ziggurat, as you rightly drew our attention to, Tim. And what God says to Jacob in Genesis 28, 15 is, know that I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I've done what I promised. Okay, so then here is God backing out on that? Like, what's going on? Well, it seems so, at least at that part. Um, Even though God self-identifies at the beginning of the verse as God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, it doesn't seem like there's a whole lot of divine preference for keeping that part of the bargain that was made with Jacob. Okay, so that's kind of a weird uh, picture of who God is, kind of a rude thing for God to do. Yeah, it does, especially the way the NRSV translates it. The reason that God gives, it says, but I will not go up among you or I would consume you on the way for you are a stiff necked people. It sort of sounds like God is saying, I just couldn't stand to be among you anymore because of how stiff necked you are. And part of me wants to say, well, God, you maybe should have known that before you got into this relationship. (laughs) But what's happening is a little more technical than that. What the NRSV has done here is inverted two clauses in this sentence. The Hebrew actually starts by saying, for I will not go in your midst, which is fine. That's, you know, the same between the Hebrew and the NRSV. But then it actually has the stiff-necked clause next and the consuming clause at the end. So, so that's better translated as, but I shall not go up in your midst as you are a stiff-necked people lest I consume you along the way. And that word lest is really lest in Hebrew. It's the word pen, which Mm -hmm. really means something along those lines. So what this suggests isn't that God is just so fed up with them. It suggests that God is actually worried about what might happen to the people. God is worried that the purity of divine power cannot coexist safely with human imperfections. And what that will lead to is the death of God's people. In essence, it seems God's worried about repeating the golden calf episode, which makes me think that I think you were right last week, Tim, to not let that story off the hook, so to speak. The the violence seems to have rattled even God. Yeah, so almost like God remembers what God had done, how God flared up in that moment. 
and doesn't yeah. want that to happen again. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's 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 pretty deep. <laughs> yeah, right, right. And it, it might actually, you know, for some preachers or congregants, it might be a little bit uncomfortable image of God because we see God as completely in control of God's self and our lives. So to have this text where God seems to be a little vulnerable, maybe. Um mm-hmm. So, so what it do we can, do with that theologically so that we don't like take our congregants off the, the theological deep end with this? Well, I'm not exactly sure, to be totally honest. I don't know that I have an exact solution for that one theologically. This might be one of those biblical texts that doesn't lend itself well to our theology. But it, it has a really beautiful moment in it, which I think can kind of lead us out of it. And that's actually where our lectionary text picks up for today. When our text picks up, Moses is having this odd back and forth with God, where Moses is sort of requesting God's presence in verse 13. God offers that presence in verse 14. And then Moses asks for it again in verse 15. And I know there's all sorts of redaction critical ways we could understand this text as editors adding pieces or taking pieces away. But I actually find it to be a really honest portrayal of what it's like for all parties to pick up the pieces after a big, scary fight. And what it ends with is this moment of intimacy where God is refusing the divine presence or kind of they're going back and forth about it. And Moses actually reaches out to God and asks for as intimate a present moment with God as any human asks for in the entire Bible. And God gives it, actually. It's a, it's a terrifying intimacy, but it's intimacy nonetheless. And what that moment leads to is the two new tablets of stone, a new attempt at the covenant right. and at that relationship, maybe, maybe right. with a new understanding of how it's going to work best for all parties involved. Yeah, I, it seems to be that way. And Again, it might make some preachers and congregants uncomfortable to talk about God's discomfort and God's vulnerability, but this is really such a beautiful, tender moment as God, Moses, and the people set a new path together. And it's directly out of this episode that comes the tabernacle, that comes the place where God does, in fact, go in the midst of the people for the rest of their time in the wilderness. It's a really real story. hmm and and we only get the gravity of all of that if if we expand the lectionary text to pick up yeah. <laughs> the hard parts that come before the nice yeah. intimate moment. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So thanks for encouraging us again to uh, pick mm-hmm. up more of the story because that's going to help us to have the most powerful sermons we can based on this. Yeah, text. yeah, my pleasure. Happy preaching, folks. <laughs> Well, let's uh, wrap it up for today there. And uh, just a reminder to all of you who are listening that all of our episodes are available on our website, firstreadingpodcast.com. We're also uh, posting some stuff on our Facebook page, so you can check us out there. And we look forward to being with you again next week. Until then, I'm Tim McMinn. And I'm Rachel Wren. Blessings on your preaching.